0: Welcome to broadcast with the Capital BR. I'm your host Geo, and I am joined by our co-host Doctor Shrimply. And we thank you for clicking that play button, Doctor. How you doing tonight, buddy? Oh,
1: you know, I'm doing fantastic. We got some crazy stuff going on tonight, and I can't wait to get into it.
0: Exactly. So, broadcast is an Apex Legends podcast. It is your number one ultimate source of Apex Legends related content, from news, deep dives, community related topics, but also the ALGS. And we hope that you will join us on our quest. And for knowledge and mastery as we explore Apex Legends together. With that said, we'd like to welcome any of our first-time listeners. If you would like to become a part of the broadcast community, please visit our link tree at linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast, where you will find all of our links. So let's go ahead and talk about this episode. So this is a very special episode. This is the number one ALGS interview that we actually have. And we would like to welcome Joker, John, and Prius from Team Leave No Witness. Leave No Witness is an American esports organization that currently has a team competing in the South America region of the ALGS, and we are super excited to have them here. So, Joker, how are you doing today, buddy?
2: I'm doing good, man.
0: Awesome, awesome uh yeah we're i'm doing great i guess i never nobody ever really asks me how i'm doing thank you I appreciate it. Yeah, how are that. you doing i am doing because i great. hate you secretly
3: <laughs> thank you thank you
0: uh, uh john how are you doing and then of course ask our our, our other guest uh pierce how he's doing
3: um dude i'm doing great i was honestly really looking forward to coming on to the podcast P- ¿Cómo muy pero muy bien very good awesome he, well there you go he said it he said, yeah, it. I know it. I know Better it my hey. English. I can't so, even
0: speak half the time. <laughs> well, that's me too. I'm from Kentucky. So whoa, you never know what's coming out of my mouth. Uh, Joker. I banjo music mostly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Joker. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and tell us what your role is in the organization? All right.
2: I'll be the CEO of leaving Witness.
0: Okay. So you're the CEO. And then we have John with us. John, what's your uh, role in the organization?
3: Uh, so I would be co-CEO and general manager of the competitive teams,
0: and then you're also the translator, correct? Pretty much.
3: Yeah. So I mean, since we pretty much deal mostly with uh, South American teams, I am the Spanish speaker, and so I would do a lot of the uh, a lot of the communication work within the
0: organization. All right, And then will you ask Pierce what his role is for us, please? Pirus, ¿qué es tu rol en nuestra organización? My role is <clears> to
4: <throat> be a player yeah, of Apex Legends and Capitan.
0: Yeah,
3: awesome. Pierce's role would be uh Apex Legends player for a competitive team, and on top of that, being captain for the team.
0: Awesome. So he is basically the in-game leader, um, the guy you want to listen to, and all of that great stuff. When you are, you know, it's it's pretty cool uh, to. Talk to you all, of course, because the in-game leader, of course, when you get to hear comms in the ALGS, you hear a lot Mm -hmm. from the in-game leader. And so to have Pierce here to represent that, totally awesome. And we can't wait to get into the questions and look more into what he does for the team in that aspect. So why don't we go and do a quick topic rundown? So the first thing is we have a couple of announcements. Very, very quick. We then broke down the questions in five different categories. We have fun questions, we have organization questions, we have LGS questions, character discussion questions, and then lastly, we have the map questions. And so, of course, you know, at the very beginning, we'll just have some fun, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty of everything and learn more about the decisions that they make as an organization, the actual in-game play, and everything around that. So, first off, with our show announcements and quick topics, the first thing is that you want to make sure that you're here on Wednesday, this coming up Wednesday, um, that will be our normal cast. And so uh, actually Elmer Fudd and me have created tier list for the season 11 legends, all the season 11 guns, all of the PVE and each, each apex legends map. And so we're going to go through and rank everything, the entirety of everything that you can find in apex. We're going to talk about it live on that cast. And then, you know, just have some fun with it. We're just going to enjoy our time. Um, and we hope that you all can look at our tier list and either you can talk crap about them or you can just, you know, you can agree with me and disagree with Elmer Fudd because that's usually um, what we like to see here. Right. Um, so, that sounds and like then favoritism. our, <laughs> yeah, whatever, who cares? Right. Uh, and then our next interview or, or actually, yeah, our next announcement, but it's also an interview is that we will be interviewing Kate Yeager, the host of, for the North America and EMEA um, ALGS on December 8th. So it's another big interview that we have here. Of course, uh, you know, if anybody else that's a part of the ALGS would love to be interviewed, we are here, we are ready to listen, and we will take anything that we can get. But we are super excited to have someone like Kate who has production experience, who has hosting experience, who has all of that great stuff um, to offer us in, in the format of an interview. And so we cannot wait for that to happen. And we thank you so much, Kate, for for joining us. And I am still praying for your dog. May your dog get better.
3: Yeah, I'm most definitely going to tune in on that episode. I'm really hyped for that. Oh, yeah, it should be good.
0: Yeah, she is a really, really cool person. She has a really, really cool personality. Her resume is amazing, the things that she's done. And so we will be hitting on every aspect of her resume and all the things she's done. Oh, yeah. And then, more more than just that, we want to get to know who Kate is,
1: right? Yeah, I know way too much about her life already. I do. <laughs> I, I dug way too deep too fast. <laughs> that's good.
0: Hey, that's good. That's exactly what you want from an interviewer. So let's go ahead and get into our first topic or the fun questions. So this is just fun questions about life, right? Um, so the first question, I'll go ahead and go and I'll call out who I'm speaking to and that way we kind of know who to who answers. Um Joker, why don't you go ahead and tell us what do you do in your spare time and also do you have a job other than being CEO of Leave No Witness?
2: Ah, uh, yes, sir. Um, so basically I dance. Uh. Um I make dance videos and stuff. Uh I'm pilot in training. You know, I go to school for that. Um what else I do again? Yeah. And I help kids at uh, church do some, well, some stuff being, uh, let's say, with dance or helping them with out of, out of curricular activities that they need just to keep charitable. them out of, you know, out of <laughs> trouble, basically. Yeah. Charitable volunteer work. Yeah. And then. He's <laughs> <As> a philanthropist. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then I go, and then I go to work. Uh, I work as a warehouse manager uh, you know, uh, help out there, make sure the stock is right and everything. And yeah, that's, that's what basically I do.
0: That's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. So it sounds like you're busy. I'm, I'm actually, I was actually a youth pastor, uh, recently. And then I, of course I stepped down to spend more time with my family, but I definitely know how, uh, you know, involved the church life can be. So, um, John, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you do in your spare time? So, uh, to be honest, my spare
3: time, I have very little spare time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Honestly, my spare time is Leaving No Witness. It's honestly a passion project. Um, and I'm a full-time architecture student. And so, you know, I have pretty pretty short nights of sleep. Not going to lie, I sleep between four mm-hmm. to five hours a night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, that's pretty- I don't sleep much, but as long as the, like, really, really dark bags don't start coming in, I'm fine. I'm happy with it. (laughs) There you go. Um, But, yeah. I mean, maybe once every full moon, I'll probably be able to, like, touch actual games. You know, I absolutely love playing Apex with, like, our Apex team. Like, they're Mm -hmm. so incredibly cracked. And, like, sometimes, sometimes they just hit me with, like, a little subtle compliment. Like, oh, shit, John, I like what you're doing there. And I'm like, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I'm not bad at (laughs) games. Oh, I mean, you you know, that's, that's always like a highlight, you know, that's always like a a good hobby of mine to just like play games like any other person really.
0: And yeah, um,
3: that
0: was great, man. Well, that's cool. So what is your goals for architecture? I'm just curious. So,
3: I mean, honestly, my goals for architecture, super, super simple. I, I want to be more of a giving person. I don't really want to make money, right? When I, when I join leave no witness it wasn't for money right it's that i I wanted to actually you know give a chance to uh you know struggling esports players who are looking for an opportunity and so i want to do the exact same thing with uh with architecture so maybe build building some sort of community homes for struggling university or college students and like really really difficult real estate uh markets Mm -hmm. like let's say british Columbia, vancouver uh you know yeah. Stuff, stuff like that, right? Um, so phil- but
0: rent phil- phil- philanthropy, right? <laughs> yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm man. so proud I believe in you. You've got this.
3: <laughs> for sure. So that would be like my, one of my long term goals. Um, but in high school, I was also a competitive swimmer. Um, wow. and so I would actually, I have a very close relationship with aquatic activities. So I th- guess another long term project of mine would to. Like, build and run my own interior swimming pool.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's so, cool. So, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, news flash for everybody out there John has swimmer bot and Geo has dad bot. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, there we are. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and ask Pierce? I definitely wouldn't know what he does in his spare time other than playing Apex, unless it's just playing Apex, right? <laughs> Entonces,
3: Pierce, te pregunto, ¿usted qué hace en tu tiempo libre? Oh, en mi tiempo
4: libre eh, solo juego al todo el tiempo cada vez que puedo tengo tiempo libre juego al fútbol
3: y me uh-huh. gusta
4: ir al gimnasio pasar tiempo con mi familia ante todo con uh-huh. mi familia siempre siempre estar con ellos yeah.
3: so I mean he lives a very humble life in his free time he whenever he has any free time and any free time he has to spare he always uh plays soccer so uh football you know, to anywhere oh. else as in the United States. Uh He loves yeah. football. He, you know, he aspired to become like a player and, you know, he work. he plays for um, a local team and um he's also a family man. So he definitely like, you know, he takes care of the family. He hangs out with everybody. He will he, he values his time with close, close relatives.
0: Awesome. I'm the yeah. same way. I have four kids myself, so. You know, it's all about the family time there. So, question uh, for Pyrrhus. If you had to choose one place for us to visit in Argentina, where is it and why? So, that's you, John.
3: Entonces, Pyrrhus, si te tocaras que elegir un lugar para ir a visitar en Argentina, ¿qué escogerías y por qué? Uf, me
4: gustaría ir acá, como dicen en Argentina, al
3: fin del mundo, que sería Ushuaia,
4: que tiene un clima muy frío, me encanta el invierno Yeah. So,
3: um, Pierre says he would like to visit a place called The End of the World. <laughs> the End. Of- um, yeah, it's quite literally called The End of the World. The the place is actually called Ushuaia. It's in uh, the complete south of Argentina. And um it's actually like a very mountainous, rocky area where there's snow and Pyrrhus has never seen snow even though he lives in Argentina. Oh wow. So he, he does very much like cold weather and so he would want to uh he would like like to see it
1: and experience it for for what it's worth. Dude, I fully like understand that, especially as a man living in Texas. Like when I moved to Colorado <laughs> really? for like a short little bit, dude, I loved the snow. I had so much fun. It is the best thing. I really hope he gets to do that, dude. Snow is so much yeah. fun, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, like guys, I'm I was
3: actually born in Georgia, right? I'm, on liquipedia it says I'm in Canada, but I'm a Georgia boy, born, born and raised. And uh I had never seen snow in my life. I had maybe seen some some like dew in the morning, right? But that was probably like some of the
1: like it's just plants sweating, right? Exactly, right. <laughs> yeah. And then I come to
3: Canada. I come to Canada at the age of eight, right. And then it's just like pounds, like piles of snow falling down from the sky, and you're just like going down the highway, like, "Yo, what the hell is there?" Just like falling <laughs> off, it's, yeah. it's like ash falling from the sky. Are we in some sort of apocalyptic world? It's crazy. Yeah. Snow is crazy.
0: In Kentucky, For me, I had to double everything. Oh yeah, no, I bet, I bet, I bet. So I guess real quick. So where are, where's everybody from? So uh, Joker, where are you from?
2: I'm from Guyana, originally uh, Georgetown, you know, uh, that's the capital. Okay. And uh, I live currently in New York City. Yeah.
0: Now, Guyana, like South America, Guyana?
2: Yeah, South America, Guyana.
0: Oh, my grandma's from there. Yes. Yeah, I know so it sounds cool. kind of weird, but <laughs> my <laughs> grandpa's. Big old so, white dude so wearing hair. <laughs> I want to put some context behind that. So, my grandpa was, it's about. Well, he's died. He's died now. But he was a bridge builder in Guyana. And he met my my uh grandma Juanita down there, and she was like thirty years younger than him. So, you know, holler back, brother. All right, my grandpa <laughs> my grandpa's getting it done. So he brought her back home, he married her, she became a US citizen, and then ever since then she has been the best, the best grandma, and she makes so great food. She's She's awesome, and she gets to tell damn. us all about Ghana and all that kind of stuff. So, ah,
2: mm. damn, yeah, that's so, nice, awesome. man. that's so nice, bro.
0: Yeah, and then that's and then really I also weird. get my brother-in-law. He's from Puerto Rico, so I'm getting all kinds of, uh, you know, South American, and I guess Puerto Rico's more north. Is Puerto Rico's North American, right? I don't. Yeah, and I'm not look too good at it. So, or uh, but but enough, you know the influence from down there. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, pretty pretty cool there. So, question for each one of you. Uh, oh well, wait, hold on, oh, John, where are you curious.
3: from? Well, I would actually originally be from Colombia. That's actually the reason I'm able to communicate with these lovely uh, people. Uh. Uh, so both my parents are Colombian. Um, I was born in the states, currently living in Canada. So I have a little bit of cultural baggage with me. Um, you guys want the variety? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted, if I wanted to, I could also add that I speak French in there too. So. Wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> you know, we could if we go into Europe English someday. English. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and Pyrrhus, where is he from?
3: Pyrrhus, de qué ciudad etna vienes? Soy de
4: Buenos Aires, Argentina, el centro. And el capital. El capital Hospital. es Buenos Aires, ¿no? Sí, Argentina eh, oh. Buenos Aires es Tigre. Buenos Aires es el Tigre. ¿Qué es el parte sí, del Tigre? Sí, está Buenos Aires y Tigre está dentro de Buenos Aires.
3: Ah, oh, ok. And so um, Pyrrhus actually lives in the capital of Argentina, Buenos Aires, uh, more specifically in an area called Del Tigre. So, yeah, honestly, Buenos Aires Del Tigre sounds like sick as hell. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's just like, yo, I I live in a place called Tiger. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) mine, Mine does not sound that cool. It's just like I, yeah, i'm I from charlottetown <laughs>
0: i'm from henderson
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome
0: so thank you for letting us know that man so um so we had a one more fun question here uh if you could have one of the characters abilities in real life from apex legends what ability would it be and why why don't you go ahead and tell us joker what ability and who uh
2: i'll, I'll more pick Wraith on that one Wraith, oh, Wraith yeah. Ra- Ra- for the portals. Uh, I mean, not really the portals, but her ability to phase, and Mirage for going invisible. Uh, mm. You know, the the trickster kind of thing. I- I'm into that. Like those two yeah. abilities together, I feel like, blah, like i'll be unstoppable with that yeah like,
3: but like the passive only lasts for like five
2: seconds right <laughs> 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 but i mean but but duplicating yourself will be cool man i mean yeah, like I just mean, imagine like having a guy being able to run a, a whole org over there and another guy doing something else you know what i mean like come that's on, true man. you know that more be, jokers yeah. more jokers you know you need
0: them <laughs> Yeah, but that wasn't until you could actually control the, your Mirage clone, right? Before that yeah. was screwed, right? Yeah, it was
2: screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I still miss uh, the invisibility though, you
0: know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, John, what about you, buddy? And then you can, of course, ask Pierce for us.
3: Yo, honestly, no lie. I don't want any of that supernatural shit, bro. I, <laughs> I'm honestly really okay. I've been super biased. I'm like a big, big like Watson main, right? So, oh, if I honestly just had like, you know, some sort of quantum mechanic engineering knowledge, <laughs> I think I'd be good with that. No lie. That's my there passive.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Man.
3: Uh, so,
0: I guess whenever we talk about Watson on broadcast, we need to hit you up for a. Oh, episode dude, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pretty much. It. I'm cool with that. So, what does Pierce yeah. have to say?
3: Entonces, Pierce, si pudieras tener una de las habilidades de los personajes en la vida real, ¿qué personaje, qué personaje y qué habilidad sería y por qué?
4: Oh, me gustaría ser Valkyria y tener su ultimate, viajar por todo el mundo.
3: Viajar es <laughs> Ushuaia. Went, yeah, it is. Yeah, Ushuaia. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, Joker, Piers uh, <laughs> is a, a big fan of other places, right? So he would most definitely want to get Valkyrie's powers, right? Just he get ultimate, shoot up oh, into the sky, okay. and uh, first place he's going to is, is Ushuaia. End of the world. <laughs> <There
1: we
0: go. laughs> hey, this man has a mission and he knows what he's about to do. He's about to, to, yeah, uh, for real.
3: One could even uh, say he's wanting to go to World's Edge.
0: Uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and head into our fun questions about Apex Legends specifically. So the first question, of course, and I guess uh, for you, you, uh, Joker, so of course, you probably play Apex Legends, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, so when did you start playing? Uh, and then also, let's go ahead and combine that with what made you want to play?
2: OK. So I started playing Apex 2019. The moment it came out, um, what made me start playing was my cousin was like, damn, look at this trailer for this game. Like, bro, come play. <laughs> you know, Because yeah. I, was, I was already playing Overwatch at the time. And then oh, I wanted yeah. something new. I wanted something new to play and then he said well look man look at this trailer right here this new game coming out i see wraith and then i see gibraltar you remember that old trailer where they mm-hmm. like boom and then lifeline is there and stuff and wraith is there with the triple take in the end and i was like mm-hmm. damn I-, I gotta see about this i start uh, trying to play the game uh, I got destroyed by Doctor Disrespect and all those guys at the time, and I was like, <laughs> "Well, at least I could get a couple wins by ratting and stuff." And it was better than Fortnite, so I said, "Yeah, that was the, you know, that was the one to go to go with." And I started playing it from there. I enjoyed it ever since. Yeah.
0: Heck yeah, man! I was actually an avid Overwatch player. I played Overwatch for three years straight. The only reason I got a PC, all that kind of stuff. I was a tank main. Um, and then of course once Apex came out, I did a podcast and then now I'm here as well. Um, so John, why don't you go ahead and tell us why you started playing or when you started playing Apex and why and then go ahead and ask Pierce for us?
3: Um well why I started when I started uh, playing Apex. I I started playing Apex right at the end of season four, I think right as season five was beginning with the release of Lobo. And not gonna lie, the character design for Lobo is very appealing. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. i was like huh i'm interested what, what is this right yeah. okay. so i get into the game right and it was initially a lifeline main you know you don't really have any characters uh unlocked besides like True. you know the first four or five right and i was like you know lifeline's pretty cool like, i was always a support main in any other game in overwatch i'm an ana main uh and even when i play rpgs i'm always like the healer in my mm. squad right Mm-hmm. Right? and was like lifeline looks really cool i want to provide cover or support uh to my teammates who need it and then um i started playing more and more and as i then i got to watson right and then yeah. watson was just a whole other thing because it was more one of those things where like total control if you come into my domain then something's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> right and i was just like i, I like that control as- aspect of uh of, like, the character Watson. But what actually uh, made me want to play Apex? Uh, initially, it was just, like, a tryout thing, right? <clears throat> but um, I had actually not been gaming for a really, really long time. I had only just recently built my computer. And I was like, all right, so I got this computer. It's for architecture school. I'm going to render buildings and stuff. It's going to be great. And... Um, Obviously, I had this really big, like, really powerful graphics card. I was like, well, maybe I'll get back into gaming because I hadn't touched like a control. And X- last time I touched a games was like an Xbox 360 controller. and I was playing Halo Reach mm-hmm. and uh the just Halo. The arena shooter was literally everything I was wanting because I've never been a fan of low time to kill games like Call mm-hmm. of Duty. Uh, two, three, four bullets like you're dead. Right. And I was just like, yeah but there was no there was no like interaction there was no fight you just caught me going around a corner and so i was never really attracted to like low time to kill games like that but then yeah. like apex just like exchange you know it's a battle of attrition back and mm-hmm. forth and it's just like you could really easy just really easily just turn around a corner pop a battery in six seconds and turn a fight around right oh yeah and it's yeah, like absolutely yeah, man. It's crazy. I have been in some of the most insane fights in Apex and I am honest, again, I'm biased, but it's honestly one of the best, best shooters on the market right now.
0: Oh yeah, it definitely is. So why don't you go ahead and ask Pierce what, uh, of course, when he started playing and why he um, plays Apex.
3: Entonces, Pierce, te voy a preguntar, uh, ¿cuándo es que empezaste a jugar Apex Legends mm-hmm. y qué te hizo querer jugar Apex Legends?
4: Empecé a jugar eh, Apex Legends desde el primer día que salió. Vi que era, mm. vi que era un juego con mucha movilidad, eh, difícil, que tenés que vaciar literalmente un cargador para matar solo a uno. Y mm. esa dificultad que tenía fue la, la que me hizo querer jugarlo. Yo era jugador competitivo de Punchy, me estaba integrando al competitivo mm. y cuando vi Apex dije, wow, oh, esto es mucho mejor y me pase a Apex y fue cuando <risa> seguí avanzando en el juego.
3: Okay, so um, actually, uh, Pierce would be a day one player. So when oh, they had okay. just dropped it on unann- an uh, unannounced, when they dropped Apex, and uh, previously Pierce was a competitive PUBG player, right? And mm-hmm. then you know he was playing games, he got good at the game, obviously, and then he, just the moment Apex come out, came out, he was like, man, this this is better. He's just like, this is better immediately, right? So uh, he made the switch from PUBG to Apex. And, uh, I mean, he just really, he's also just like me where he appreciates the high time to kill, uh, aspect of the game, right? You just unload an entire clip and that's when you get the down. It's if he feels like you have to work for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so we're in year, I think year three, right. Of apex legends being out. So what keeps Joker as, as the CEO of this, uh, organization, what keeps you wanting, to focus on apex you know what what's so enticing about apex
2: basically these guys my family <laughs> leave the <laughs> weakness they're the reason why i keep playing the game i mean when you sit down and watch these guys pop off wouldn't you want to play the game <laughs> you'll yeah, be exactly. like oh my god maybe i could do that you know what i mean like let me get be into valid. it and try to mm-hmm. you know just hear the the announcers say, "Oh, these guys just did this, just eliminated," and I'm like, "Damn, that looks easy. You probably could do it in the game, but you know, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it my, skills are, not, my uh, skills are not my skills are not uh, on top of that level." But yeah, you know, it's it's re- it's really nice to be around them, and that's what uh, really keeps me playing the game. Really,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And John, what about you? And then, of course, as Pierce, we definitely want to know why he continues to play Apex.
3: Um what keeps me playing honestly no lie i just really i've always been a person who appreciates story building world building and i was uh, honestly a really big fan of titanfall 2 uh you know that whole bt Mm -hmm. the whole just the entire titanfall game was like a masterpiece i honestly think it is the it is the best movement shooter that has been created up to date um you know obviously i'm biased with apex but it comes in and it comes in second and um, I just like, I always had a thirst for more story. I needed more content. I needed more lore. And uh, when Apex came up, well, I didn't know about Apex initially uh, when I had just played through Timefall 2. And I was like, oh, there's more of this? Mm. And so I started reading through more of the lore. I started watching YouTube videos, like catching up on lore from seasons one to four. And then I've just been collecting those treasure packs every single day trying to read those comic strips that come out, like, once every week. And I'm just like, all right, I'm satisfied. All
0: right. And Pierce, what do you what do you got to
3: say, buddy? Entonces, Pierce, ¿qué te mantiene jugando a Apex Legends?
4: Yo creo que lo que mantiene es saber que <clears throat> cada día puedo mejorar aún más. Eh, mm. que, que sé que hoy falle en algo, mañana no lo tengo que hacer y mejorarlo día a día. Tengo, mm. sé que tengo el, poten- el potencial de Mejorar cada día
0: más, siempre. Mm.
3: So, honestly, Pyrrhus is really all about that competitive aspect. He feels like he knows he can always get better and better. And so he plays the game because, you know, he knows that with the amount of hours he gets into it, he's definitely like a top 0.01% player in uh Sweet. in the game, in the scene.
0: And so I guess I have a question for Pyrus. Um, you know, We recently, I would say recently, just got Apex Arenas. And so I have a buddy named Hurdle3k that does an Apex Arenas podcast. So I definitely feel like I need Mm. to add this in here. Um, So we have Apex Arenas. And then so what I would like to ask Pierce, since, you know, he kind of, I mean, as a player, he'll know what he wants to play, right? So he obviously wants to play Battle Royale because he's choosing to play Apex Legends professionally. Now, I'm curious on his thoughts on whether or not he'd like to play Apex Arenas. Professionally, so if you'll ask Mm. him that for me.
3: Entonces, Pirus, queremos saber si usted juegas a Apex Arenas, y pues, si crees si algún día um, Apex Arenas podría llegar a o hacer su camino hasta la escena competitivo de la LCS.
0: Uf.
4: (risa) 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 No no juego Apex Arenas. Tipo, lo juego solo para para calentar, tal vez antes de jugar rankings o algo así pero mm. que, sea, que esté como modo de juego de LGS en el sentido competitivo.
3: En como un, un formato torneo con eliminación. Sí, sí. ¿Crees no, que sí no, podría?
4: Creo que no, porque eso no, no demuestra mucho. Hay equipos que, que no tienen el, el pegue para, para Apex arenas pero lo metes en un torneo de LGS y, y están siempre dentro de zona, saben cómo rotar. Saben lo mm. que tienen que hacer, pero no, no capaz que no hacen mucho daño, pero ganan partidas así por el posicionamiento que tienen y cómo se va desarrollando la partida. Y Apex Arena es como 3v3, tiros, 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 y, mm. y es el que hace más daño y mata a los otros más rápido, o sea, no lo veo Entonces, como... Entonces, ¿crees, en ¿crees que, que es más no.
3: simple probablemente para sí. un jugador que sea más nuevo, por ejemplo, al juego? Tal vez, sí. Tal vez. Sí. Mm. So what Pyrrhus says is that he doesn't actually personally, you know, actively play Apex Arenas. He actually uses Apex Arenas more as a warm-up. Um, given that the rounds are just so consecutive and then just like really immediate, you don't drop in, have to find a fight and whatnot. He, find it's really, he finds it's really good for warm-ups uh, before playing ranked or before getting into a scrim or whatnot. Um, but as to whether or not he thinks it would be able to enter the ALG scene... Um, he's more concerned about whether or not the interest would be there because he was kind of saying it's it's less applied than being in the br mode and having to think about rotation, staying in zone, uh, looking at the kill feed and whatnot. And so um, he definitely, I asked him the question, and he thinks it would definitely be something that would be more um, welcoming for a new player.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that one thing that would be cool for me, is I know like Overwatch, when they did the pro scene, uh, they had their casters kind of play uh, against each other for something fun. I think it would be pretty cool to get your top teams and have like an event where they play arenas against each other, something cool like that. Yeah. Um, and that way it, it would kind of bring interest to arenas, but I don't think arenas has a spot in in professional play, especially the LGS. So I, I'm yeah. not saying that somebody can't go out of their way and create it, but Definitely, I think Battle Royale is where it needs to be. Um, and so yeah. for Pierce again, uh, if you weren't playing Apex Legends, what game would you be playing?
3: Entonces, Pierce te pregunto, te pregunto, si no estuvieras jugando Apex Legends, a qué juego jugarías?
4: Oh, yo creo que tal vez estaría jugando Call of Duty Warzone. Amo la saga Call of Duty, me encanta el Call of Duty.
3: Ajá. Desde desde qué edad juegas a Call of Duty? Desde que era todo chico.
4: Desde que tenía six años, siete. Seis años, wow. Y siempre estuve al tanto de lo Call of Duty. Si no lo podía jugar, lo veía por YouTube, pero <laughs> <love> <laughs> me
3: encanta. Me encanta. <laughs> and so uh, Pierce definitely says that he would most definitely he would be a, a Warzone player. Um, oh. He says he has like a very tight connection with just like the Call of Duty franchise. Uh, he's been playing the game ever since he was six or seven years old. And um, well, like when he wasn't playing it, young, when he was younger, he would always be watching it on YouTube, right?
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I actually, that's one of the other games I play is Call of Duty, and then mm. of course with Halo. Does uh, he does he play Halo?
4: ¿Jugas a Halo, Piro? No, tenía pensado empezar a jugarlo por el por la dificultad que tiene también, pero ¿Te gustaría? me gusta
3: Halo. Me gustaría. ¿Quieres jugar, ¿quieres jugar más tarde?
4: <laughs> um,
3: Pyrrhus definitely says he would be really interested in getting into Halo in the new Halo Infinite. Um, given that it's like a free game and it's like accessible on computers, he's definitely been wanting to get into it due to its high skill cap. Um, mm. And so, I mean, I was just asking him if he was wanting to, uh, you know, run a couple games later, but he doesn't he doesn't have it downloaded <laughs> yet. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we actually just found out that, of course, you know, if you all make it to the playoffs or the championships, you're probably going to see Team TSM there, maybe eventually. And Snipedown just left for Halo. So uh, yeah. that's what we've heard.
1: Goaded. <laughs>
3: that is absolutely insane. I didn't think he was going to do it because he honestly had like a really, really good opportunity with TSM.
0: But uh, mm, Yeah, man, I don't know. So I don't know. we'll I'm definitely waiting, waiting be talking about that in the future. <laughs> but uh, that sure. was big news, of course. And then also Nicewigs team dropped out to Sheesh. So yeah. they're gone, yeah. too. So, you know, you guys are, you know, we're looking for Leave No Witness to come out on top. Let's go. <laughs> Hopefully, man.
3: Hopefully we still got a long way to go.
0: Oh, yeah, a long, long way. I didn't know how long ALGS was until I started doing this podcast. (laughs) And then I was like, well, uh, babe, you'll never see me again. So here we go. (laughs) Um, I'm going to let Dr. Shrimply take on this organization questions. And so basically what we want to do here is we're going to ask the majority of these to Joker and let Joker uh, talk about the organization. Uh, But uh, Dr. Shrimply, if you will, go ahead and run through these uh, and we'll, we'll get through them as quickly as we can.
1: All right, speed run, go! I'm oh, just kidding. All right, so real quick, man, <laughs> uh, how did Leave No Witness begin, and and why? give us a little bit of the origin behind that. Uh,
2: you want you want John I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so basically, Leave No Witness started like beginning of January. Uh, basically, we didn't really start until like March. So, what really happened was, uh, like I said, my cousin got me into Apex, right, and like. What we did was, when we were playing, uh, we'll make sure no one could get rezzed, you know what I mean? So, we'll make sure, like, no team, like, ever lives, you know what I mean? Basically, leave No Witness, basically. And then, we ended up getting this badge called, uh, in, in in Apex, the the Witness Badge, No Witness Badge, or something like that. Yeah, so, after we got that badge, we're like, damn... This badge is really cool. You have to get 15 kills and like you know, no no survivors or something. And We're like, yeah yeah, this is the name we want to name ourselves. So he came mm-hmm. up the name and he said, yo, uh, let's name ourselves Leaving no a Witness and just like uh, you know, continue with this role you know like this. So I start uh, doing that with him, and then then comes this guy. Uh, he joins us and his name is Cyber. Right, this guy joins us and I'm like, okay. Uh, you you want to do this with us? Uh, this whole uh, Living in Witness thing with us? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I want to run with you guys, you know, continue this tradition, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, he ends up saying, I want to go competitive with this, you know what I mean? Because ALG is out, he wants to go competitive. I take him from there and I'm like, okay, uh, let's find a team then, you know? Myself, I wanted to to play the whole competitive thing, but I, I wasn't that good at the time. So he he shows me to a few guys and uh they said they they want to you know try play competitive we started that little team you know leaving witness we entered the uh the winter the winter circuit right the first one mm-hmm. and that was our first time uh actually playing the game and uh to me well that was really why why we started basically uh, cuz we like lo- we we loved it after that Like, after we entered our first tournament and stuff, it was then I said, well, uh, yeah, this is what we're going with. Leave No Witness is the name. Uh, No need to change it. Nothing else. Because when that commentator started saying, yo, uh, damn, they they are living up to the name. It's Leave No Witness. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, well, that's the name, guys. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) I remember
1: saying that several times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's basically our, our original story there.
3: I mean, it rolls off the tongue, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It goes it's so convinced. well. Hashtag <laughs> be the witness.
1: <laughs>
2: gotcha. <you. laughs> All right. Uh, with that.
1: So uh, we see that y'all guys are a group of obviously passionate gamers and dancers. What is the story behind that?
2: Yeah. So way before we, uh, the whole leave witness thing, I was part of a dance crew called street nights so we were, we were really good winning a couple dance tournaments and stuff. That's when I was younger. And uh, I liked that. So what I did was, with that is that I, uh, uh, since my crew weren't together you know, at all, and uh, one of my crewmates was like, damn, so what's our page doing there? You know what I mean? Uh, it's just sitting there doing nothing with like 5K followers. And I was like, wow, OK. And I got this new Leave and Witness thing coming along. Uh why not combine it? You know, we could we could advertise the dancing with the, the gaming, see how that works out, you know. And he was like, Well, that's a, that's a really cool idea, man. Let's let's go for it, right? And I did that with him and I was like, damn, well, here comes uh two thousand more followers and people are liking what we're doing. They like the dancing, they like the gaming, they like to see like uh we're not just gaming but we we also dance on the side. They wanna see that, you know, and I, I like that. That's that's the whole uh, story behind that one.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really cool, too, because it shows that it's, like, while Apex is, like, the majority of your life, essentially, mm-hmm. it, it shows that y'all have other hobbies and that y'all want to do them and showcase them off, which is really cool. Exactly. All right, and with that, uh, who all makes up Leave No Witness?
2: So, basically, Leave No Witness, I like to take it as not just a team or organization is basically a family because uh, it's basically like I have kids, you know what I mean? And I'm like, uh, like, mm-hmm. like me and John are like the parents and everything. We're like taking care <laughs> of them, nurturing them, you know, bringing them up, giving them whatever they need or managing them well, you know, giving them the right things they need. And th- that's how that's how we see it, like this whole family. You know, we don't like to see this. Oh, this is an org. They're doing this. I mean, yes, that's the picture. But when you actually come into Leave No Witness, you'll see that we're just a family, you know, uh, talkative players, full of jokes and, uh, (laughs) you Mm know, uh, basically a lot going on because we have a couple members within us that they don't play competitively. They don't, you know, uh, get their faces out there and show what they can do and all that. They play a lot of different games and they're just in there in the community just, you know, uh, having fun with everyone, playing with our pros, just just having fun, you know, and that's what we call a family.
1: Yeah, and I, I can definitely see that that's real strong, especially with how many people we have in our chat and watching us right now and how they're all <laughs> just as hyped as we are for this, which I think is a yeah. big thing. It shows the sort of environment that y'all have grown and, and brought up in this which I think is really big. You know, on the outside, you're, you're an org, you're competitive, you, you're you here to win games. But once people join in and become a part of it, they realize that they're a part of something much bigger versus just uh, an org, which exactly. is really cool. All right, so being an American esports organization with a team from Argentina must have its difficulties. How do you all communicate and stay on top of everything? And I would say that's for both of y'all, since he's mainly the communicator. <laughs>
2: So basically yes we're an American org and actually we started in America uh, uh, but when we started our org we have like you know uh, uh just a, we had a South America team and had an NA team you know what i mean but then when you're looking at NA like look who you got to face you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh as an org you, you got to face TSM you got to face Cloud9 there's a lot of competitors in there and i was like um when I looked at the scene and I saw the South America team doing way better, you know what I mean? Uh, it was like, yo, let let me stick with South America. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's a much better opportunity for us, and I stuck with them, and that's that's where we are with the Argentina team now.
1: Well, that's pretty crazy you know to 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 have both and just you know and stick with yeah. the ones that that have their strengths showing that hey we're we're here for it we're going to push really hard And it's like I understand like a lot of people it's daunting trying yeah. to get into the pro scene no matter where you are exactly. like you're not just going to sure. step in and try to box with ali that's not going to end too well yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but it, it's great to know that y'all y'all picked the the guys and stuck with them and I I absolutely love watching them play <laughs> it definitely comes with its fair share of challenges, right? Because, I mean,
3: I would, I guess this applies to any sort of, uh I'd say, up and coming esports organization, but it's more like you're kind of deciding where it is that you want to go. Is, does it make sense financially? Stuff like that, right? Because, I mean, everything comes out of pocket for sure. And, um I mean, then there's a the difficulty of just straight up, you know, communicating, right? And I guess that's where I would come in for this part of the question. And, um, Initially, I had actually joined Leave No Witness as just uh, a member. Um, One of the prior retired CEOs of the organization uh, had invited me for a scrim. And I mean, I knew them from Overwatch. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, I just recently started playing uh, Apex and I'll give it a try. Then the scrim never ended up happening, but I stayed around in the Discord and, you know, uh, more and more. Uh, I would just come in, see what Joker was doing. I would see that he was working with people who were clearly just speaking Spanish. And I was like, oh, you, do, you, do you need help with this? Right. And I was, you know, it's just like, you know, more and more help ended up becoming my job. Right. And so I was just like, huh. And I kind of just like stop. And I was like, man, how did I get here? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's man, what did I do? <laughs> For sure. Right. <laughs> Like what did I do to deserve this? I speak. I'm literally just a guy who speaks Spanish.
1: <laughs> ah, but there's are so much more than that, my guy. He's so much Come more. Come on, he like, does a lot. Like on I the surface, yeah, home. sure. You just you just translate, but at the same time, you're you're that connection between you know Joker and the wonderful team that mm-hmm. Peter's you know IGLs for, and it's just like mm. c- communication, both in game and out of game, is a massive thing. You can never undercut communication. That's true. That is very true. But don't right. ever forget that. Yeah. <laughs>
3: but that's where that's where the other difficulties come by, right? Because yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that I'm a full time student. And so when Joker doesn't have me, um <laughs> he's in he's in some pretty deep waters, not gonna lie. <laughs> I we hope do you have brought the floaties. Yeah. <laughs> hope you brought the floaties. You know, he he is he do we do have our, you know, our occasional assistants. We're able to like, you know, fill yeah. in the roles from time to time. And I mean thank God we have them or otherwise, I don't know how we would have still kept our head above the water. Exactly. Um, but I mean, we kind of just manage, we take things day by
1: day. Well, see, that's, that's big. Cause like right there, just then, you know, you two talking about it just shows that y'all are a team. You're a family. You're not just a bunch of parts in a machine. You are friends, your family and, and trying to push this forward, which I think is a big reason why y'all are quite popular, especially when I was casting for chicken coop, like, people loved watching you guys play and and the team play and stuff. And it just goes to show that that's why Um, with that, how did leave no witness come to acquire these players?
2: Uh, So that question will be for me. I know. Well, what basically happened, like I said, uh, we got this guy cyber, right? We got our first team. Wasn't really beautiful and stuff. It was a guy called cyber. It was moon and, you know, and Mike. So, they started playing for the team, uh, you know, had a lot of ups and downs with them and stuff. And then um, I get this other player. I take out Cyber, you know, he leaves. And then I'm like, I need a third. I get this guy um, come in called uh, Lunasi, right? He comes in, he starts playing for the team. And from there, he's like, oh, Joker, like... Um, let them be a team. I need my own team, you know. So I was like, "Damn, I gotta get two teams now." You know what <laughs> I mean? So I give him a team, I give Mike a team, basically to like which team will better. Then I'll like you know pick the one that should really represent us. You know what I mean? So they play together. So with Lunasi now, he he was like, "Okay, Joker, find me uh, two other players." And I was at the time I was looking into the the summer circuit. You know. I, what are you called no, no no the GLL uh summer thingy that was going on at the time That's
3: the master, the master spring, yeah yeah it? the
2: master spring yes when I looked into that I saw this guy crazy player run as in the finals I was like damn this guy is insane <laughs> this guy might be the guy to contact right so I get in touch with him tell him you know they want to play for us you know play with this guy Lunasi and then he tells me yeah why not I know you guys are you know you get getting there you're I've seen you guys play and then he tells me about uh his other player he tells me about pirus and he's like oh i want this guy to play with us and i was like okay put them together they they become a team and they actually do better than my <laughs> my other team you know and i was like wow what's going on here so i stuck with them they made it to the the, the championships of the algs very far but then at that level they kind of you know I think they got stressed out or something. And, you know, one of my players broke down. And that's how I ended up having to, like, now find this third, you know, that was impossible to find until Pirus was like, yo, Joker, I got this. I'll look for this third for you. And we end up finding this guy called Panic. And I was like, why is this name called Panic? Like, you know, that should be. That's that's what we're trying to avoid. (laughs) That's what we're trying to avoid, Panic, right? So he gets this guy called Panic. He comes in. And this guy is just a beast at the game. Like, he's literally beaming kids. Everyone is fearing this guy. And I'm like, why is this guy not known? Like, why does no one know about this dude? You know? And I we bring him not. in. The moment we not. Oh God.
3: <laughs> it's crazy. I've been <laughs> in the fighting range with this panic. And I don't think I've ever been slapped silly and called a bitch this hard
0: <laughs> in a long
3: like like in any game ever it's like all right three two one let's do let's go i bring my eyes 100 to zero always like, his tracking dope. is insane
2: there, there was literally another um i remember another uh pro player in his podcast he actually mentioned him also in that podcast i was like wow is this guy really that dangerous so i bring <laughs> i bring him on the team right and i'm already like i heard about this guy all this here and I'm, i bring him on the team and there we have it Piru, Serena, and and panic and they're just popping off and i'm like yeah this is the team uh, i'm gonna stick with but then at the time i still had the other team you know so then came this uh this cup in south america called the Zolden cup you know a very uh amazing cup it was you know and i put them both inside so we went into group stages and my two teams were in two different groups and i would say uh one got first in in group one and the other team got uh first in their group so i was like wow so both teams are good they go into the semifinals. one got first one got second i was like damn and then we go into the finals. The other one didn't do too well, but Peru's team came out shining, you know, came out third. And I was like, well, I know what I'm going with. I went with them ever since they've been the team shining. And I just literally uh, took the other team to become the academy team. And that was it from there, you know. That's... uh. Yeah.
3: And, I mean, I guess that also draws, like, a pretty important point. There are, like, in organizations, just, like, esports specifically, you have to kind of be pretty damn ruthless with the way you select your players, right? Exactly. Because, I mean, there's, it, there is, like, liking your players. It's like, oh, but they're my friends, right? But at the same time, you have to think about the fact, like, but, oh, I'm also trying to turn this into something. And if you're not putting the hours in, I can't keep you. Mm. And, I mean... There was a lot of I, I I by this time Joker had already taken me on pretty like I was already really, really hands-on with Leave No Witness. And um I saw this happening and I was just like Well dude we gonna we're gonna have to, like we can't really go down this fork road. We gotta have some you know, choose something, right? Yeah. And um it it was it's a whole lot of things, but it's been a lot of up and down zigzags with uh you know just a whole journey of trying to maintain that sort of like organization owner and then player relationship right yeah cuz you know we we love everybody right we we like to share the love but at the same time uh we've definitely had our fair share of people have taken advantage of our kindness
0: mhm mm-hmm.
1: especially like with the environment that y'all are trying to create you you want that connection with your players and i i have to imagine it can't be easy when you have to come to them be like look we we know we're friends here. We we know we talk to each other, but you're just you're just not cutting it. And yeah. it it's gotta be difficult. Like I could not imagine being in that that situation, especially yeah. in something like esports, where people pour their heart and souls in this.
2: Yeah, yeah. I also I want to add be. to that, uh, to do with the what made us also make our decision even faster was when the ALGS was like, you can't have two teams from the same org in the tournaments, you know what I mean? I was like, damn, so I got to choose one. I choose one roster uh, to play in the LGS. And after that, you know, it had to come down to who produces, you know what I mean, uh, who does it. And they were the team, you know, and we had to go with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, some, sometimes yeah. they, they help you make those decisions, whether you want to do them <laughs> or not.
2: <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, with that one said, what are the current and future goals of Leave No Witness?
2: So, uh, John had me write, write that down uh, like a long time ago. I remember uh, we came up with that. I don't know if Johnny still uh, have them put down because we had a lot of, a lot of goals. Yeah,
3: we did have a lot of goals. We did, uh, I think, one of the questions that asked Joker is like, where do you see us being six months from now? And where do you see us being two years from now? Mm -hmm. um you know five years is definitely a stretch right maybe by then who knows maybe no no witness will be in the hands of some other dedicated souls or maybe it'll be sustainable for joker and i we honestly don't know what's down the road but um you know six months six months and two years seems pretty you know pretty reasonable i like to think and um for sure, by the time I had asked uh, Joker when I said where are we going to be in six months, I think uh, we both collectively came to a conclusion that we wanted to go into other games. Mm. Oh, okay,
0: yeah. all
1: right. So if yeah. you're listening Do, right now, we get a sneak peek on that at all of these other yeah. games.
0: So, uh, Pierce, Pierce
1: will
3: <laughs> yeah, make that announcement. Yeah. Oh,
2: <laughs> so look out for that. <laughs> yeah. So what happened for us also uh, uh, currently? What well, what we did basically. Looking at our, uh, you know, future and stuff, is basically we hopped into Apex. So, even this is currently, uh, we have a, a- uh, Halo signed team actually, uh, a Valorant signed team as well. Uh, so, we're competing in Valorant now and Halo as, lo- as well as Apex as well, which is really nice. That's what we ended up doing uh, because we wanted to not just be this team even when it's known for apex you know we want to you know get into the other scenes get known on top of that or with our other future plans as well we're like look like um we want to help out the south america scene because a lot of people look down on the south america scene especially from north america and europe you know they're like they look at it like it's like the lower division kind of thing. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, which no. team is strong that side? You know, I've heard a lot of streamers say that and they're like, oh, this team is from SA, like they're easy push. You know what I mean? What are they doing? You know, that kind of stuff. But they don't know like how it really is there and stuff. And I want uh, to leave them in a shed light on, on the SA scene. That's why we also are doing tournaments in mm-hmm. the future as well. Uh, with Dude Gaming, uh, we we partnered with them to host like Apex tournaments and stuff for South America, and we're currently hosting a tournament this coming week uh, it's called the Witness Series Championship, which we invited um, C9, CLG, just to name a few, who are gonna you know come into the SA scene and help us you know uh, help it grow. Uh, so that's uh, sure. one of our plans yeah. Just just to touch up on a little thing. So for our future, because I mean,
3: yeah, because for sure like. In, we can do as much as like participate in the South American scene. And for sure, we're going to get maybe the occasional say South American player interested, like maybe like some kids some 13 year old kids and be like, huh, this looks pretty cool. I'll maybe play it. Right. But it's not going to grow without us getting any sort of bigger eyes on it. And us as leave no witness, we kind of feel it to feel it as our, like our obligation to not just participate in the competitive scene, but to grow it. Right. Uh, Because there's most definitely not enough, uh, I guess, Apex isn't really in the know in South America. Yeah, Gord, I'm looking at what Zag is saying. Let's blow up the SA scene. That's what we're wanting to do. Blow it up. up. (laughs) There you go. For sure, right? And so um, I feel like we're also playing a pretty key role in wanting to form the SA scene. And... I mean, that's honestly all we can really ask for, right? If Apex gets more popular in South America, that means more competition for our boys, and we don't really want them getting lazy now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's 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 a big thing in really Admiral too, because it reminds me of a, a team that plays in CS:GO. I can't remember <laughs> the name of them right now, but they are still one of the few that is an all South American team. And that was their whole goal was to, to keep bringing those, those, you know, viewership and bring more people to the esports scene to see what SA has to offer. So I like, I highly respect that. That's a big goal. And from what I've seen, just this little bit, I mean, I've only been watching y'all for a couple of months, but y'all have made a lot of big moves. I mean, granted it does help that you have pretty solid players. (laughs) So, (laughs) But y'all also don't slouch on your own end. You know, you really push to make people know to come, you know, to come watch y'all. And so I'm excited to see y'all series played. And hopefully those teams will show up and we'll have one heck of a game on our hands. Exactly. All right. With that, uh, this next one will be for uh, Pyrrhus, which is why did you decide to join Leave No Witness? Entonces, para el Pyrrhus, no te olvidamos, amigo. No te olvidamos.
3: (laughs) 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 Entonces, Pyrrhus, te voy a preguntar. ¿Por qué decidió unirse al Himno Witness? Uh, ¿Qué fue que te atrayó hacia nosotros?
4: Sí, es una larga historia, media triste también. Uh-huh. Porque yo, bueno, como dije desde día uno venía jugando a Pellegia. Uh-huh. Y, y cuando me metí al competitivo, no tenía suerte con los equipos. Uh-huh. Eh, siempre me dejaban porque iban si con otros equipos o siempre me dejaban de lado y y cuando antes unieron al himno a Guinness, eh, yo creo mucho en Dios mm-hmm. y y sé que, que que él nunca nunca nos falla mm. y si puedes decir eso decilo a John porque quiero, quiero decir lo que oré como para que vayan entendiendo porque voy a ser un sí. poco largo decí eso así okay.
3: déme una pausa so i mean I'm, he's, he, what he's about to say is uh pretty long so he's going to take a small little break so i can continue translating um but essentially uh Pyrus had been playing the game since launch and up until he joined us maybe six months ago about uh Pyrus had constantly been getting dropped by his teammates uh teams this teammate just straight up abandoning uh his team to play with other players because they were supposedly quote-unquote better right and uh you know Pierce went through a lot of hardship of finding people who were dedicated to the team and just actually genuinely wanted to grow, not just as a team, but as like, I guess, a group of people, right? We're striving for the same goal, right? And I don't think he was so much in it for, he didn't say this, but I don't think he's so much in it for the money, but more for like, he has something to prove.
0: Mm. Okay, then he is so, so and he is here to stay <laughs> for
3: sure. All right, so I'm gonna let him. I'm gonna let him continue speaking because he's
4: not done yet. entonces eso mm-hmm.
3: so he didn't know whether or not uh, he was going to continue down the path of Apex Legends. Um, or he was just trying to find other venues. Because uh, it was honestly really difficult and it was hitting him pretty hard. Now, if you could John. Mm-hmm. Eh, Me puse
4: a rezar. And I said, Dios, decime que camino yo tengo que decidir. Si tengo que seguir jugando apex. So, Pierce
3: is a very religious man. Um, and so one day he just quite literally sat down and he prayed and his prayer was, God, guide me. I wish to know whether or not this is my place or if I have uh if you have other intentions for me and to just simply show me the way.
4: Hey, man, de, that's
3: exciting. Después yeah. de
4: eso al al momento de que hice esa oración me llegó un mensaje de Rena diciéndome estoy en un equipo y quiero que, te, y quiero que vengas a probarte así mm. empezamos a empezamos a jugar acá yo ya conocí a Rena he jugado con él y, mm. y nos conocemos como jugadores y cuando me dijo eso ahí fue el camino que, que Dios me mandó jugar para Lino Winnes y, y si me lo dijo Dios mm. es porque tengo que hacer mi
3: trabajo ahí <laughs> and so uh right as he finished his prayer uh probably a couple seconds or minutes after it was Rena Zera who had us uh, you know slid into pierce's dms and they had previously known each other uh as being like previous teammates or just players in, um or like adversaries in the same tournaments and so um when joker was telling the story about how we had lunacy uh and rena and we were looking for the second rena was the one who brought in pierce and uh you know, uh, Renna straight up told him like, Hey, I have a team here. They're really nice people. Uh, would you perhaps maybe want to come in for a tryout? And, uh, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess he got his answer Mm -hmm. way sooner than he was expecting.
0: Man, that's, uh, that's awesome. You know, we all have something that we have to, we lean on in life. And so it's exciting to hear that that's the same struggles that we face also professional players face, right? You know, I think of this podcast in, in in general, right? So, you know, for a long time people have been asking me, Hey Gio, will you do this podcast? And it wasn't until I, I sat down and prayed and I really thought about it that, that I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's put all we can into it. And yeah. you know, if it wasn't for a prayer like that, you all wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't be able to hear mm-hmm. Um, that Pyrrhus is just like each one of us, and you guys are just like each yeah. one of us. and you know if we have a dream, all we have to do is capitalize on that and we can make it happen. Uh, yeah. And I guess with that, you know, we talking about dreams, you know plenty of people out there in, in the world have dreams. Um, a lot of people have dreams to make it into eSports. And so I guess uh, for Joker, uh, for John and then I guess uh, you know also Pyrrhus, uh, what would you say to a person, that's trying to make it in esports. E- e- Why don't you go ahead and give us that, jo- Joker?
2: Um, I will. I would just say one thing. Um, uh, John, can you tell Pirus to show, uh, show them the the verse on his T-shirt?
3: Uh, entonces Piros, ¿podrías mostrar uh, la parte de la Biblia que está encima de tu uh, sí. camiseta? <laughs>
4: so, <laughs> so, look at the
3: excitement. He's ready. <laughs> <laughs> Peiros would like to show something on his on the jersey. Timothy one seven. So, 2 so,
2: you see 2 Timothy 1 7. Uh, if you know what that verse says, it says, We do not have, have the spirit of fear, but uh, God has not given unto us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of sound mind. So, that's basically uh, what I would say to someone who's getting the esports scene right there. Because uh, that verse is what keeps Living us lives alive and what it is. We go by mm. uh, that verse. That's why it's on everyone's t shirt, basically. Mm Because we don't fear nothing. Uh, Getting into it, we know it's gonna be grimy. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. There's a lot of big teams out there. Had a lot of orgs. Uh, Actually, you could tell Peter, is just good. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So you know, it's it's grimy getting into sports scene. I'm just gonna tell them now. You're gonna have a lot of orgs that. they're already there and they think they're bigger than you and they will want to take advantage of your small org and just say, yo, just, you know, forget about this org of yours and just come in and join us. You know what I mean? I had a lot of orgs do that to me. A lot of orgs uh, who had already facilities set up and a lot of things, merch already done. And I'm here like, I don't have none of those stuff yet. And they all just want to, you know, just basically take advantage of uh what you got already so it had okay. to be uh me b- mentally saying you know what um i'm gonna do my own thing i'm not gonna listen to what they're doing i'm gonna do my own thing you know what i mean um and this will happen i would just say to someone like just don't give up man no fear continue uh you know doing your thing and just be creative with what you're doing don't follow what other orgs do do your own you know kind of thing it Uh, it helps you shine that's what i would say
0: what
3: about you john um to be honest um it's honestly really a battle of tenacity um you're not gonna definitely the first challenge is getting your name out there right and it's not necessarily having a big social media or being a streamer or whatnot the the, by getting your name out there is just like proving your worth right because uh, I would quite very much say if you're talking like playing in the top 1% of players in any different game, right? Uh, it's because you want to leave a lasting impression. And so you kind ha- of have to give them a reason, right? Exactly. And so for sure, it's definitely it's definitely not easy and it's quite very much a challenge. But after you get your recognition, your name out there, um, it's really more so about knowing your value, right? Because mm-hmm. um. As Joker just said, we've definitely had people who've wanted to take advantage of us. Uh different organizations that have quite literally wanted to buy us out uh, along with our teams. And uh, you know, Joker, uh well, pretty much we had a bunch of different advisors, myself giving Joker my honest opinions. And uh, you know, as as with anyone, we all go through our moments of weakness, and you know, Joker you know, it's just like, should this happen? Should it not happen? And just like, no, man, we got something good going here. Right. And I guess with like the support of like our family members, right. Uh, we were able to really commit to leaving a witness and to kind of grow it to what it is now. And hopefully by next year, uh, we will have played championships.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So what, so what about Pierce? I'm just curious on him, especially being a player. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, how, do, how does Pierce feel?
3: Entonces, Pirus, uh, no específicamente para Apex Legends, pero para cualquier escenario competitivo, ¿qué le dirías a una persona que intenta triunfar en los deportes electrónicos?
4: Le diría que, que cada día aprenda de sus errores, que, mm. que errores siempre van a haber, que, que pruebe, que pruebe, que, que erre y que, y que aprenda con eso, que, que aprenda de los demás también, de, la, de las personas que, con las que juega y las que lo mantienen rodeado. Mm -hmm.
3: so uh pierce is very much a believer in like you know uh tracking your own progression and so um he really just thinks that you gotta take it day by day learn by learn from your mistakes and i mean learn from your mistakes is quite literally like you know everyone's like oh but you know everyone says you gotta learn from your mistakes but like if you don't make mistakes then how are you gonna be able to make the right decisions right and exactly. so um, you know, he also says to like learn from your peers. It's honestly just like, you know, the information, the good of tried and true information that, you know, people take for granted.
0: Let's be honest. That team that jumped on Leave No Witness in uh, week three into the building that was in Skyhook made a mm. mistake. Made a freaking mistake. <laughs> Let's be honest there. I, I forget what team it was, but man, uh, they had uh, the caustics set up. They had uh, all that kind of stuff. And this team tried to push them because they had, I think they downed one of uh, Leave No Witnesses members. And they're like, oh, we're going to push real quick. And then, man, bad decision on their part. Leave No Witness completely yeah. jacked them up, bro. <laughs> it was so good. I cannot wait to podcast about South America. Cannot wait. <laughs> uh, of course, it's the only one that's not put out in English. It's either Portuguese or Spanish. or yeah, yeah Portuguese. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, no English. I'm hoping there's subtitles so I can so I can follow along. All right. So what I want to do here is I want to do some uh, three really quick questions about ALGS. Uh, I'll have Joker answer these for me. And then I want to get into uh, purist specific questions. Um, so we'll have a lot of back and forth with him on uh you know character selections gun choice and map rotation and then also storm point um just real quick about algs uh uh joker do you think that the uh two split and championship format works and if not could there be anything different
2: all right the format now is very beautiful very very beautiful I like it and uh, because, like, the previous one before, where they have, like, the score whereby someone, like, uh, let's say, after, like, the the six the whole six games finish, that person has, like, 157 points. Let's say that, right? In week mm-hmm. one. And your team is in second. You have 44. And that's the score. It's 100 and something. You got to catch up with that. Next week, you're thinking, okay... Damn, I gotta uh, tap that score. Then next week, that team comes out with a uh, hundred and eleven added to what they already have. They're at two hundred and something points already, and you're there probably at eight, at eighty eight. And you're like, whoa, you know, that's that's a, that's a tough mountain to climb there, you know. Before you know it, uh, you're you're stressed out, you know, you're breaking down as a player already with your team and everything, and just think about the team uh, at the bottom, you know what I mean with, like uh one point or something they're probably like uh ah, it's time to give up you know it's time to exit the ALGS <laughs> you know what, what what's the worth of playing you know
0: mm-hmm. and
2: with the new format the the whole uh points where you, you win and then you get 12 points and 9 points and stuff it it leaves more room for you to like you know climb to the top you know what i mean you could for, for any team even if you're like let's say in like uh 20th position uh, like our team uh, in the pro league, we were at 20th position uh, to get to where we are. You, you could just see uh, as an example, you know, week one, we didn't do well. We got one point. And then from there, we play the other weeks. We just popped off and then boom, like we're up there already. That just shows how uh, good the system is right now. I believe it's a very good system actually for the ALGS.
0: All right. Well, cool. I'm glad that it, I'm glad that everybody likes it. I like it for podcasting about it because mm-hmm. the five weeks allows me to explore all five regions. So it works very mm-hmm. well. And it looks like our boy John has baby saints saying that he is cute. All right, John. All right, oh, John, no. we see you. <laughs> we see you, John. Of course, everybody listening, everybody's listening to this as a podcast. We are streaming live on Twitch. And uh man, all right, John. I see you. I got you. I got you. All right. Uh, next question. Though. So uh So how do you all practice as a team and do you conduct any scrims with, of course, any other South American teams or any other teams from anywhere else?
2: All right. Um, So basically, uh, we do scrims, but like I said, uh, dude gaming, they host the scrims and stuff. What we basically do, we invite any team from South America, any team that wants to play, but... I'm great friends with uh, Dream Conspiracy. I like to say Stan um, is an amazing person. He's the head of uh, Dream Conspiracy. Very good team in South America as well. Uh, so we end up playing against them. We end up playing against Alpha Intelligence. That's actually now my sister's organization, just letting you know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's taken over that. It used to be someone else, but, you know, uh, I went in and took that and gave it to her. So. Uh, we we play against them. They're a very good team. They popped off in the the challenger circuit. Uh, I think uh, yesterday, uh, where they um I think they made a world record in ALGS history uh, yesterday. A very good team. We should check into this that team as well. Um, yeah. So they're very good, and these are the teams we we kind of play against in uh, during those scrims and stuff. And it helps a lot because they're they're at our level, you know, like. Uh, I mean, you could play against your friends and everything, but it's not the same as like when you play against another pro team and they give their all and you give your all and you're like, you know, this is it. You know, I, I know what I got to work on. I know what I got to do next. You know, and it's it's really good.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to ask Pierce this. Pierce, do you have a rival team? Can be from any region? What would you like to say to them, my friend? This is your time to shine. Let them know what you're going to do to them in the ALGS championship.
3: Entonces, Pirus, queremos preguntar si tienen un equipo rival en la ALGS y qué te gustaría decirles.
4: Mm, yo creo que equipo rival eh, no tenemos, pero sí que debemos ser un equipo odiados por muchos por la por, por dónde estamos en la tabla. So uh
3: Pierce wouldn't quite say we have a rival team, but he is very well aware there might be a lot of teams um pretty much just waiting on the opportunity for weakness for us to start falling in the leaderboards, right? Mm. And uh for sure, definitely the teams more more in the lower end of the leaderboard. They're uh they kind of just he's really hoping they're not really saying, you know, mean things towards us, but it's kind of like a given.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Well, you know yeah. what?
0: With competition comes crap talk and all that kind of good stuff. So it For just sure. happens, man. But uh, you know, as long as long as you keep your mind set on the goal of taking the dub, that's all that matters. So and that's exactly what you guys do week in and week out in the ALGS. So make sure everybody is watching. Leave no witness. So with that, let's go ahead and move on to the Pierce special is what I'm going to call it. Everything Pierce. I want to know <laughs> all about what you do when you choose your character, when you choose your gun, when you, cho- when you rotate your map. And so oh, yes. uh, I'm going to have my boy John here uh, no. ask a lot of questions. But uh so, John, why don't you go ahead and ask, uh, in the character selection topic, what team yeah, composition siempre. do uh, they run with and why?
3: Entonces, Pirus, ¿con qué composición de equipo corres más y por qué? ¿Eso se refiere a los personajes que usamos? Sí. So, would that question actually be referring straight to the ALGs or what they do in Ranked?
0: Let's go ahead and do ALGS.
3: Entonces, específicamente en la ALGS. Uh, en la ALGS, usamos, uh, usamos siempre
4: caustic gibby uh, y valkyria uh,
3: mm-hmm.
4: para centrarnos dentro de zona para tener una rotación más fácil y tener la casa holdeada así mm-hmm. después entramos a las últimas zonas y tenemos
3: kills con las últimas zonas siempre guardando un mm-hmm. puesto sí so um, really they're trying to play a game of like prevention and like lockdown so uh, what they con- the composition they use would actually be uh, gibby caustic valkyrie and so the it really just eases uh rotation on them uh whenever they do get to a location they're able to lock down an area uh always the caustic and if ever they're in a tough spot like let's say they're cut out in the open obviously the gibby is a is just there to erase that mistake right mm-hmm. so uh, uh
0: very very good selection of characters there you know gibby doesn't get shown much love outside of the lgs um for sure. caustic for some reason gets more more love than gibby i don't really understand it Um, I guess everybody likes gas, whatever, whatever your fetish is, that's okay. Uh, But yeah, uh, so, you know, team composition there. So if you had to switch up one character, let's say one character from that comp, what would it be and why?
3: Entonces, Peter, si tuvieras que cambiar la composición de tu equipo normal, ¿cuál sería? Entonces tu composición, que sea Acoustic, Gibby, Valkyria, si tenías que cambiar o o, como cambiar a un personaje. ¿Qué, ¿qué sería?
4: Yo creo que sería algo más como agresivo, ir siempre mm. al choque y sería algo como una ride o una ash, eh, un mm. lohan y un gibby siempre así para jugar. Un... Mm. Es un juego diferente al que tenemos ahora, pero me gustaría probarlo. Sí. Y el octane, ¿no? Eluk right ahora está bastante nerfeado. No sé si sirve mm-hmm. serviría mucho como, como
3: personaje. Mm-hmm. So um they if they were to get off of that sort of medium or that I would like to say it's a pretty damn defensive composition they have currently. They would maybe want to opt for something that's a little bit more aggressive. So they would definitely say Wraith, uh, Wraith, Bloodhound, or Octane. Um simply for that, just like really easy just um entrance into a fight right bloodhound with his speed boost obviously wraith with her just uh team rotational abilities and um for sure ash which for just instantaneous teleportation which is crazy by the way um but uh, i did ask him the question as to whether or not he would consider octane and he just thinks octane fell off massively after his most recent nerfs
0: so then we basically have either wraith or ash is basically Pretty who much. it is. So, yeah, yeah, essentially. Uh, I, I guess this is a on-the-spot on, on the spot question, but uh, what kind of impacts do you see Ash making in the future? Do you see Ash uh, removing Octane from really ever being selected or Wraith from ever being selected? I'm curious on yeah. what Prius has to say there. Entonces, uh, queremos saber que...
3: ¿Qué tipo de impacto crees que Ash podría tener en la pues en el juego realmente? Si él sería como alguien que podría reemplazar a Octane completamente uh, por decir que uno ya no debe estar viajando en el aire y eso es más como una teleportación instantáneo ¿O qué, ¿Qué dirías? ¿Qué cambio Ash podría, uh, ya introduce
4: al hecho Yo opino que ante todo que debería ser Como nerfeada, que su ulti tendría que ser uh-huh. nerfeada. Uh-huh. Que su ulti también no llegue tan alto. Tipo, que uh-huh. tenga un límite de altura. Porque si uh-huh. tenés un equipo, un equipo en el low y tiene una Ash, sin que te lo esperes, están arriba tuyo. Y, y también pueden jugar como muchos bugs así, así mismo con su ulti. Creo que es por eso que Ash está siendo muy fuerte ahora para, para equipos agresivos. Eh, una uh-huh. Ash te puede la partida ahora hay que tener mucho, yeah. hay, hay que tener mucho cuidado con eso. Y Octane mm. está muy nerfeado, el pat es corto, muy corto ahora, con una Q te sacas toda la vida, pareciera. Así que no es muy diferente.
3: Mm. So um he quite honestly feels as though Ash is just like the better Octane um if he were to touch ash at all and i think there is an upcoming question about perhaps some balancing issues in apex uh if he were to touch the game at all he would most definitely increase the cooldown on Ash's ultimate uh it's really to the point where he feels that ash could really make or break a a game for another team right uh because it's one of those things where like if you're low on meds and they just decide to jump in on you you don't really have any sort of way to retaliate
0: alright sweet um, I guess with that so of course we heard what he has to say about Ash is there any other legends or characters that he believes needs to have nerfs or buffs um, in Apex Legends
3: mm-hmm. entonces crees ahorita hablando de pues el equilibrio en el juego crees que debería haber uh, algún cambio de nerf o buff en Apex Legends
4: si sí, bueno Como hablábamos sobre. Sobre Ash, que tiene que ser nerfeada. Su ulti tiene que ser nerfeada. Y Octane bufearlo. Así mismo. Sí. Tal vez. Que le saque. La la Q le saque menos vida. Y así mismo Mm. que buffen a Mirage o. o Loa. Que son personajes Mm. divertidos de usar. Pero nadie los usa porque son
3: débiles en sí sus habilidades. Mm. So, um. Beyond like the Ash comment, he definitely feels as though he would want to touch octane. He would most definitely try to probably remove the damage impact on his stim, uh, with every use. Cause it kind of just feels like you're kind of hitting yourself with a whole flatline shot every single time you pop mm. the stim. Right. And so it's just like, is, is the damage to speed boost ratio worth it? And a lot of the time it might end up killing you. And, okay. um, beyond that he feels as though uh the characters mirage and loba though being really really fun to use they're extremely unreliable um and so he would definitely want some sort of change to make mirage uh some sort of just be more reliable really and not just a meme right low same thing for loba right because they're kind of honestly memed on characters in the apex scene And I mean, if you were to look at it, maybe lore wise, right? They they should maybe be more stronger than they are, but he would. He honestly wants the game to be more fun.
0: So, just got a question for him out of the blue. Mm -hmm. You know, not like there's a revenant main hosting the (laughs) podcast. You know, it's It's not not like you know. uh, How does he feel about running Rev Ash? Where you revolt and then you Ash into the team. Come on, let me hear it. Entonces,
3: Pirus, queremos saber cómo te te sientes de de la posibilidad de tener una composición de Revenant con Ash, utilizar su ulti y utilizar el teleporte de Ash y después es como el Reftain que antes había. Denos tu opinión. O sea, Ash, Revenant. Sí, Reftain. Pues, sí. no, no necesariamente Octane, pero como Ash y en ese... ese compu- es una buena idea, es una buena idea. <risa> no está
4: nada mal para, hacer, para, para jugar agresivo, no está nada mal. La verdad es que capaz que en vez de Octane, eh, un, un Bloodhom, así sabes donde están en cada momento, y, ah. y tu equipo... Decide a quién atacar primero, los tres juntos, así ya es uno menos, pero es una muy buena mm. idea.
3: Mm. Cierto. So um, he doesn't he he's kind of he's kind of for it. he's kind of liking the idea. Um, eh. <laughs> it's kind of liking the idea. He uh, <laughs> he would definitely maybe pair uh, that duo with a bloodhound simply so you can get that one hundred percent. Just. Intel off on where everybody is if who's knocked, who's running away. Um, but he's he's not against the rev. Uh, what what would you even call that? Rash, rash. I call
0: it, I call it, uh, ash, rev, rev, ash. I I, I don't know. All I know is that we ran that composition last night in a tournament, we ran that, and I enjoy the composition, so you know. Hopefully I see some of that in the ALGS, maybe the next South American broadcast. I will see that in there from our team. Leave no witness. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so with that, why don't we go ahead and push into the gun choice. So I want to know from Pyrrhus, uh, what is your favorite gun from each ammo type? And I'll let you lead that, John, as you ask him that question.
3: Ok, Pirus. entonces tenemos un poco de preguntata- preguntas para ti. Entonces, Dale. ¿qué sería tu arma favorito de cada tipo de munición y por qué? Entonces, vamos a empezar por Liviano. Sí,
4: oh, la carabina, 301. Okay. Es un arma precisa que nunca mm. te puede fallar. Y, y el daño que te hace en unos segundos
3: es muy fuerte. Es un arma muy mm. fuerte. Ajá. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for light, as far as light weapon goes, uh, he would definitely run the R301. Very simple recoil, hits hard. Uh, it goes crazy, R301. Um, y pues una otra pregunta, Firus. Sí. Si jamás la carabina entra en el care package, ¿crees que eso cambiará el juego o no? Yo creo que lo puede llegar a cambiar
4: porque la la gente estaría usando más flatline tal vez mm-hmm. que la flatline no es como una carabina de lejos
1: mm-hmm.
4: y otra arma cuál podría ser que que sea como una um, fusil de asalto una vol tal vez pero sería como más como una 99 pero cambiaría mucho también porque hay muchos mm-hmm. jugadores que están especializados con la carabina uh-huh. y, y empezarían a usar más a sniper creo yo así que no es muy buena sí. idea
3: uh-huh. and so uh, I kind of hit him with a little bit of uh... Follow up question to that R three hundred one answer is, that I asked him if the R three hundred one were to ever go into the care package, uh would it change Apex? And he would say, he said it's like he would most definitely change Apex because, uh you know, the flatline being the quote unquote R three hundred one alternative, it's definitely not as long ranged, and so Mm-mm. uh he would definitely feel it might go into some sort of medium to close range meta if the R three hundred one were to go away into the care package.
0: Yeah. So so we have light. So how does he feel about? Um, I, I guess this. So is is the R301 his overall favorite gun? So we don't really have to hit on every ammo type here. But yeah. if he had to pick a favorite gun, what one would that be?
3: Entonces, si te tocarías escoger una un tipo de uh, un arma en el juego, cual cualquiera, ¿qué escogerías y por qué? Una volt. Eh, una volt. Alt. Se
4: llama energía. Oh. Una ah, ni el, ni el soy... alternador. No,
3: soy the control y la Volt nunca me falla. Yeah. <laughs> So uh control uh, Pierce being the controller that controller player that he is, he is very, very, very biased towards the Volt. The Volt is has never failed him, not once. And I, I, I even asked him, like, would you even trade it over an alternator? And he said yeah. Without a doubt.
0: Oh wow. Oh yeah. man, well that's awesome. So the Volt gets some love here. Um, so, I, I guess my next question too is the triple take being just introduced into the game. Mm. How does he feel about the reintroduction of the triple take to Apex as ground loot? Entonces,
3: también te queremos preguntar, Pirus, ¿Cómo te sientes a propósito de la reintroducción de la triple take en uh, en el botín que está en el piso?
4: Sí, creo que es un arma una de los sniper más fuertes del juego. Porque hay jugadores que lo usan como escopeta también, que lo veo raro eso, pero lo usan como escopeta. Uh-huh. Y, y en la cabeza te pega 112, que es muchísimo. Uh-huh. Y eso es arma de energía, que está por todo el piso las armas de energía. De, las municiones, quiero decir. Y que yo creo que debería devolver al, a las armas legendarias, porque la Triple TQ es muy fuerte. Y jugador que la use, jugador que se saca 2000 de daño, si sos un buen jugador de sniper so um
3: honestly his take on the triple take would be that it is a very very powerful weapon and he would honestly almost rather have the triple take go back to the care package he feels that it's just um it's like the perfect care package weapon where it kind of removes some of that uh i guess difficulty of having to actually aim your shots given it has that three bullet you know spread while still being an mm-hmm. actual competitive shot that you like competitive weapon that you can't really be like oh shit we can't move from here to here because there's a triple take on another team and so um he he finds that the triple take is like a little bit too available it's just like one of those energy weapons that are just always uh just always there right and and so it's yeah. definitely something that's uh, a thorn in the side nowadays.
0: Uh, so question with that, is the triple take the best shotgun in the game?
3: El triple take es el mejor escopeta en el juego no?
4: No, no se compara a una pesquiver. It's
0: like,
3: hell no, it is not compared to the other shotguns. It's a good impromptu shotgun.
0: There you go. Um, So how does he feel about the introduction of the CAR SMG into the loot pool as well? Mm
3: -hmm. Entonces, ahorita, Pirus, ¿cómo te sientes de la CAR SMG? Pirus, que es un arma para... um,
4: En sí, es fácil de usar, pero es un arma como que te engaña, porque la he jugado mucho, la he practicado, y y en un momento puedes hacer como 200 de daño, o como... Es que, que tiene como una... La bala no es muy rápida, no es como una 99. Creo que sería la cadencia de tiro, ¿no? Sí. Y, y eso es lo que te juega en contra. Que, mm. que la, la car, a no ser rápida, tal vez otra persona que tenga una carabina, una 99, una volt, te, te deletea. Si es un mm. buen jugador. Y es un arma que, como que te puede servir en
3: situaciones y en otras que no. Mm. So he honestly feels as though the car being a relatively a relatively welcoming, or not necessarily simple, but medium, uh, medium difficulty weapon. Um, he feels like it leaves you wanting more because it definitely doesn't have the highest fire rate among all of the SMGs. And so he feels that so it's meant to be some sort of placeholder until you can find an actual, like main weapon. Um... And so if you're playing against a really, really good uh, player who's able, who has an insane tracking, the car doesn't compare to the R9. It
0: makes sense. That makes sense. And so if Pyrrhus had to choose two guns to have,
3: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: you know, say he dropped down the two guns he would have for the final circle, which two guns would it be and why?
3: Entonces si tocarías escoger dos armas para el el último anillo. Dos armas. ¿Qué sería tu tus dos armas?
4: Oh, y sería una... Una Lombo y... Lombo. Sí, para ultima, longbow. último
3: anillo, en serio.
4: Ah, para últimos anillos?
3: Sí, último anillo. Ah, una Bolt y una Eva. Una Eva. Sí, nunca Tried and macho. true Bolt and Eva combo.
0: Tried and true. Um, and so, I guess, uh, does... Does, does he have a teammate's that he uses for long range or is is he like a pusher? So what way do they they do their team? I guess is the question. Mm-hmm.
3: Entonces queremos saber más de cómo ustedes se organizan con tu equipo. Entonces si tendrían como un jugador dise- diseñado a jugar específicamente sniper o si todo mundo puede jugar el sniper uh, como de manera equivalente o cómo, cómo es que funciona.
4: No, usualmente Panic, que usa Valkyria no, no es de usar Sniper él es como uh-huh. personaje de, de, de molestar personas, de push-eo. Puedo puede llevar una flala y una carabina, una 99 uh-huh. una Volt, a una Peacekeeper, Eva eh, uh-huh. pero Panic nunca usa Sniper, en cambio uh-huh. Rena que usa Gibby, si sí, usa Sniper como que uh-huh. se le hace más fácil y yo que uso Caustic, puede ser esta, puedo decir, entre depends on what have rena, de armas, yo puedo decir si usar sniper o no.
3: Hey. So uh the way he, they're kind of organized is that it also really heavily depends on their composition that they're playing. So Panic actually playing Valkyrie. Um te veo, rena. <laughs> <laughs> um rena just typed in chat I carry. Um <laughs> <laughs> So um panic actually being the person who plays valkyrie on the team he goes for something that's more poke damage given of the, the high mobility he's able to hide on top of the roof or whatnot and so uh rena would most likely paste play something like an smg paired with a shotgun um or maybe also like a flatline right so you want to go he wants to go for that poke damage it's not necessarily like he's trying to finish off uh trying to finish off like a an enemy but he wants to like be a thorn in their side until he finds a like an opening. As for Rena, he's definitely the person. Given that he's playing Gibby, he's definitely the person that's going to be trying to play snipers. Uh, and I I assume that the logic behind that is like given Gibby's arm shield, he's able to tank more damage, meaning he can kind of peek more often, right? Mm-hmm. Without necessarily wasting shield resources. And while um, Pyrrhus here playing caustic. He's able to look into uh, his own gas, and so um, playing close-range weapons, he's able to put on a digi threat, which is just better.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let's go ahead and head into our final section, map discussion or discussion de del mapa. I got it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have just a couple last questions about map and map rotation. So first off. Um, for Pierce, what is your favorite map to play on, and which map would you wish to be gone for good and no longer in the ALGS play?
3: Alright. Entonces, Pierce, ¿qué es tu mapa favorito en cuál jugar y por qué? Y segunda pregunta, si hubiera un mapa que desearía desaparecer para siempre, ¿qué sí. escogerías?
4: Oh, como primera pregunta, yo creo que sería... Lo que siempre estamos jugando, ¿no? El mapa de fin del mundo. que Es serio? un mapa que conocemos de pie a cabeza. Uh-huh. Que lo jugamos todos los días. Y, y que sabemos uh-huh. cómo, cómo jugarlo bien, ¿no? Como los otros equipos rotan, además. Y todo eso. Como, ¿Qué podrían llegar a ser? ¿Dónde se chocan? Y la segunda pregunta. Yo creo que Olympus tiene que desaparecer. Definitivamente. ¿El cuál? Olympus. Olympus, ¿en serio? Sí, sí, no me gusta para nada Olympus. ...ni para rankear, ni para jugar normal. Es un mapa que no sé por qué todos se matan al principio... ...y como mm. a las últimas rondas o cuando queda solo dos o tres equipos... ...nunca, nunca se encuentran, nunca se pelean y
3: te termina aburriendo eso. Pero Olympus mm-hmm. no me gusta. Mm. And so um he's honestly really biased towards World's Edge... ...and I'm pretty sure pretty much any competitive player would be able to say... Uh, that they prefer world's edge because given they play it so much uh it's kind of designated to be the algs um the algs map right um he he's really biased towards World's edge but if he were to get rid of one specifically he would most definitely get rid of olympus he finds that final circles are so incredibly underwhelming um i mean just too many open spaces it's just not fun
0: Wow, I'm actually surprised. Uh, Kings Canyon, you didn't use Kings Canyon. So, uh, <laughs> it's actually uh, that's great to hear from me because I love Kings Canyon. So, you yeah. know, s- screw the haters. <laughs> um, so, so for Prius, how do you uh, decide where to land on the map? Do you have like a, a a location you land every time, a familiar location? Um, and then also, how do you choose to rotate um, from that location?
3: Entonces, Piros, usted- ¿Cómo decides dónde aterrizar en la mapa? ¿Y cómo eliges rotar?
4: En partidas normales o arranque. Eh, caemos donde sea. Donde. Uh-huh. O haya un equipo sin estela que no tenga la estela de Predator. O. Uh-huh. O donde sea. Porque es una rank, es una normal. No, no importa donde, donde caigas. Tipo, no se compara a un torneo. Y donde el torneo es que ahí sí decimos dónde caer que siempre Overlook que es nuestro nuestro spot que lo hemos practicado mm-hmm. y y sabemos si nos cae gente cómo cómo jugar para matarlos más rápido y no nos hagan perder
3: mm-hmm. tiempo sí eso, eso sería so um, the way they kind of go about it when they're just playing regular ranked games is that they really just look at where area uh, enemies are dropping from the dropship uh, but they don't really have any sort of go-to spot for ranked. When it comes to competitive, though, uh, the go-to spot would be Overlook, and uh, Overlook is most definitely underrated in its loot. Uh, mostly because just there's a lot of cover in Overlook. Um, there's you know a fair share of loot to go around, and it's on the edge of map, meaning you can't. There's not really like a fourth direction that you can get flanked from, right? So it's just overall mm-hmm. a very, very solid POI.
0: Um, and so how do they choose to rotate from somewhere like Overlook? ¿Y podrías repetir cómo es que eliges Rotar? Es dependiendo donde donde
4: cierre la zona, porque no Overlook siempre mm-hmm. hay para para hittear, una, una zona para para ver que te deciden dónde cierra la próxima zona. Sí. Y depende dónde cierres o como nosotros decimos Rotar. Eh, right. O Rotamos por izquierda o la zona cierra por derecha, pero cierra más o menos en el medio de... De fragmento, y ahí decimos donde jugar, siempre ubicándonos cerca del map, cerca del centro, o directamente en el centro, o donde sabemos por donde va a cerrar, porque conocemos conocemos donde cierran las últimas zonas, dependiendo ya la zona 1 y 2 que mm-hmm. te marca.
3: So, um actually, when they drop in Overlook, they scan the beacon that's pretty much always available in Overlook, given that they run a Valkyrie um, composition, and depending on that, they kind of just like play, play rotation, you know, not necessarily play edge or mid mid ring, but they kind of just stay just on the outside waiting for uh, ring three information to come in. And by that point, they've pretty much memorized all of the sort of ring possibilities that they know what's going to happen. And so just like, all right, ring three, we got this down pat. And so it's honestly more out of experience that they're able to decide.
0: Okay. Okay, and then the last question about uh ALGS and, and the map, uh, so how do you decide to push a third team or leave them alone? So, you know, third party or no third party or what? Entonces
3: cómo decides empujar a un equipo o dejarlos en paz?
0: Lo decidimos
4: dependiendo a qué equipo tenemos atrás, porque si nosotros tenemos hacemos una rotación, sabemos a qué vamos a tener atrás, como los demás equipos juegan. Sabemos cómo juega el equipo de la izquierda, así mismo como el de la derecha, como el equipo que juega adelante. Sabemos por dónde van a rotar y cómo ellos juegan, así nosotros tratar de evitarlos o saber que tenemos que pelear o dejarlos pasar para que ese equipo pelee contra otro. Eh, Tenemos bastante aprendido eso y y así decidimos cómo pelear. Usualmente eh, decidimos pelear si necesitamos ganar una casa. Si si esa casa la necesitamos para entrar a la zona, eh, peleamos directamente sin pensarlo dos veces. Y, y y así es como conseguimos aquí a veces cuando tenemos partidas de muchas kills cuando necesitamos ganar una zona y y tenemos que pelear sí o sí y ahí es cuando cuando se va desarrollando la partida también dependiendo mm-hmm. de cómo estemos
3: jugando and so um honestly there's a lot of factors that Pierce tries to keep in mind and keep all of this while he's iGLing um he keeps in mind whether or not there is um, other teams behind them and if they have information as to what team it is, right? Uh, because at this point, they're pretty much, familiar, pretty much familiar with all the other 39 teams that play in the ALGs. So they're just like, all right, this one's regressive. This one's going to play more conservatively, uh, this and that. And so no, they have that information. Uh, beyond that, uh, it also really depends on on whether the fact that the house that they need to take over is in zone. Because if not, and they're having to play, if not, they're ha- if they're having to play out of zone, then they're honestly good as dead, right? Because in ALGs, mm-hmm. there's no angle left uncovered.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah.
3: They definitely just run the caustic comp and they just push. They just, if they can't get it for free, then they use hard force to get it.
0: All right. And then I have one more question before we close up the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And that revolves around Stormpoint. And I just want to know how he feels. About Stormpoint, Point, um, you know PVE, uh, can- gravity cannons and all, and does it have a place in ALGS? Can it replace World's Edge? Mm-hmm.
3: Entonces, uh, última pregunta, Peru, ¿qué opinas del uh, punto, punto de tormenta a uh, sí, la el nueva mapa. mapa que salió? Mm-hmm. Sure. Entonces, um, ¿qué opinas? Crees que podría haber algún potencial? competitivos y uh, fueran haciendo algunos ajustes o que realmente no, no tienen su lugar en, en la escena competitiva o solamente como mapa que opinas ese que sea bonito sí. agradable
4: ante pues, todo creo que es un mapa uno de, uno de los mejores mapas para el tema de la decoración es muy sí. bueno tipo, siempre tenés como algo para, para ver o algo nuevo y Y que es un mapa muy grande y que está bueno, no hay muchos triparties, eh, puedes pelear tranquilo si una pelea se larga, por cierto motivo es muy difícil que te hagan party. Y mm. como mapa de competitivo lo veo muy bien, lo que sí deberían de arreglar es el tema de los highs, que deberían, no sé, solucionar eso, porque hay zonas muy altas que es casi imposible de pushback. Y en competitivo, como hacemos nosotros, si tenemos que ganar una zona so he would honestly quite rank
3: quite honestly rank it as the second best map uh, currently for Apex he finds it to be very very well decorated it's honestly super pleasant to play on you know beautiful decor um but uh, beyond the fact of adding like Pv elements into it, he fe- he finds it to be like you know it's fun, right? Um, but from a competitive standpoint, um, it's honestly very difficult to call the map competitive or not, given that it's no longer just a three d space of like left, right, front, and center. Um, but it's also more heights, right? They're having to keep in into uh, account uh, height differences. And with Stormpoint, I feel like height control of height has pretty much been the most important has ever been in Apex, right? Because um, there's just a lot of, four, well, I say four dimension dimensionality to it. But just like, if you have a Valkyrie or an Ash that can, or even a Pathfinder, really that can immediately take height, then you know it's going to be a very very advantageous fight for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And we can't thank you all for coming on the show enough. You know, uh, I wanted to the reason that we it, it, it's a pretty long show, but I wanted to not only touch the the IGL aspect of of Leave No Witness and the in the gameplay aspect, but I also want to touch the organization aspect of of Leave No Witness as well. And I think that we were able to capture that pretty well here, you know. We've we've learned a lot about Leave No Witness in this interview. We've learned um, the struggles they had not only um, in, in forming, acquiring talent, uh, choosing that talent, figuring out how to get in the LGS, uh, you know, making it to the LGS, and then also we've learned about Prius, uh, Prius, and how he uh, chooses where to go, what characters to play, what guns to play, and so you know, while it's been a long podcast, I hope that you all have stuck around um, because I definitely love to hear. Um, from teams, especially from places like South America, like you, we heard them earlier, you know, uh, they're, you know, they don't get as much attention and these people from like North America, they try to throw some hate on uh, the teams from South America. And that's definitely not the case here. And I, and I, what I, what I'm truly excited about um, is what leave no witness will do when it comes to playoff time and championship time. And I think that they are going to leave a mark, on um on that and they're going to do their best and and you know we can't wait to see them in that position and we cannot wait to you know hopefully the goal here is we've we record this podcast now and then of course later on whenever the championships happen we want to get leave no witness back and we want to figure out exactly the what the algs has has been like for them um and so we'll talk more about in-game leading uh, we'll talk more about that, but we definitely want to get the organization out, let you guys know what's going on, and then also hear straight from the mouth of the guy who leads the team um, with all of the different topics we covered today. So with mm. that, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, of course, for any broadcast content, you might want to make sure you join, you uh, visit our Linktree at Linktree forward slash BR underscore broadcast. We'll find our anchor link, our Twitter link, our Discord link. And then, of course, tonight we are live streaming this. Um, Of course, tonight is Sunday night, but we're live streaming this on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash BR underscore broadcast. So you can go watch the broadcast live there. We'll see each one of our faces, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And then you could also catch that every Wednesday night. And then whenever ALGS content is being recorded, we do that as well. Um, but I definitely want to give leave no witness time to, uh, give out their social media. So, you know, you definitely, if you're not following, if you're not following broadcast do that, but if you are not following, leave no witness, you need to go follow them because some of their content is great. So, uh, Joker, why don't you go ahead and hook us up with, uh, your social media?
2: All right. Um, for me, I'll start Instagram. My Instagram is follow me underscore, uh, Tokyo Joker underscore. Um, my Facebook is Shaquille. Bless on Daniels. Um, well, wow. <laughs> uh, social media's like yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's that's all. That's all my social media. Is. You could you could follow me on, and catch me. Yeah.
0: What about you, John? What where can we find you at?
3: Well, to be honest, uh, Instagram is a little bit more private for me, but I am available on Twitter at pb underscore n underscore John. Um. Absolutely hilarious name, I know. Solid (laughs) PB. You know. (laughs) There you go. Solid PBNJ.
0: What about Pierce? Where can we find him?
3: Yeah, entonces Pirus, usted en qué redes sociales te podremos encontrar.
4: Bueno, estoy en Instagram como Pirulana, en Mm. Twitter como L Pirrus, y en Twitch como L Pirrus también. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: So uh, on Instagram he is under the tag of Pirulana p-i-r-r-u-l-a-n-a and on both twitter and twitch he would be under the name of l underscore Pyrrhus.
0: all right so you can find them all there and then i want to go ahead and give you leave no witnesses social media so on twitter you can find them at underscore leave no witness on twitch you can find them at leave no witness gaming and then on Instagram, you can also find them at Leave No Witness Gaming. And then finally, they do have a Discord out there. So we will make sure that that gets plugged in the description of the show. Um, if they would like it to happen, if not, then we'll you know we'll keep it anonymous and, and all that. But uh, they do have a Discord. So uh, definitely, we want to give you all options to find them. But of course, the best way to find out about anybody is Twitch and Twitter. And so make sure you're following both of their Twitches and Twitters and uh, their Instagram and show them some love. Um, If, if anything, pull out your phone right now, go to their, uh, go to their social media and make sure to give them a like for us. And so of course we want to thank you all again for listening. Uh, You know, of course this has been a little bit of a different show. We have uh, different languages here and so we've had to translate quite a bit. So that made it a little bit longer than usual. And we thank you for taking the time um, to do that, John. We thank you so much for, you know, your time there translating being that kind of uh, support to us. You know, that's a, not only if you've been a support to leave no witness um, to get the content out there, but you've been a support for us. Joker. I want to thank you so much as uh, the, the, the main CEO for bringing uh, your, your team here. And then Pierce, man, uh, thank you. Uh, gracias. I guess that would be what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then of course, Dr. Shrimply, you know, my co-host here for going out, finding these guys and bringing them on the show and make sure that you not only, give all their social media love but you also go to apple Podcasts where you can rate and review our show and that way we get more people here to listen uh and with that we will see you next time on broadcast
1: adios see you all next awesome. time be safe i love you thank you
0: thank, thank you, you. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>